For all of you that are back from the holidays, thank you for coming home. Hope you enjoyed your time away. I'm going to leave next. I'm just kidding. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews the 13th chapter. I want to read verse 20 and verse number 21. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20 and 21. Keep your Bibles handy because we will go back to them in a few moments. Scripture reads like this. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you, that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now the God of peace make you perfect in every good work to do his will working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. For a few moments tonight, I want to use this as my subject, a needful prayer. Say that with me, a needful Prayer. How many of you feel like you need a little prayer tonight? Amen. I just always have said that if you don't need to pray, pray anyway because I need it so you can pray for me. But we need, we need prayer. All of us do. But we need a specific kind of prayer. And I want to talk to you about that for a little while. God bless you. You may be seated. How important alignment is in life. Alignment is simply the positioning of something for proper performance. It is the orderly arrangement of things so that there is a proper flow and function to Machinery, equipment, life, whatever. Alignment. Everybody say alignment. How important alignment is. Anything that is out of alignment, first of all, is very difficult to handle. And not only is it Difficult to handle, it's hard to manage, and even more difficult to operate. And it is extremely dangerous. A piece of equipment that is out of alignment can cause great harm, not even counting the loss of work and revenue. It costs 
in the lack of production are greatly decreased when things are not in proper alignment or its effectiveness is greatly decreased. When a tire is out of alignment, it can cause great damage not only to the tire, but if allowed to continue in that way, it can cause damage to the vehicle, so forth. It could be said of an organization or a church or a piece of equipment that is out of alignment. It is a very costly matter. And so we who are so familiar with driving and, and, and operating vehicles have come to understand the significance of alignment in operating proficiently on the highway. Have you ever been in a vehicle that pulled to one side or the other? You could never afford to let your hand off the steering wheel because as soon as you did, it headed for the ditch. Or worse than that, it headed for the oncoming traffic. And yet it's amazing how many people continue to operate uh, even when things are in that state. And they continue to risk so many things because of that. I did a little research today and, and I discovered that there are a few reasons why alignment is essential. When things are in alignment, they work better. But when things are out of alignment, there is increased friction going on. There is increased resistance to what that machinery or equipment is trying to accomplish. There is an excessive deal of wearing and tearing that speeds up the the, the end of that piece of equipment and causes it to lose productivity. It is a great energy consumer when things are out of alignment and it is very costly and there is a great deal of strain that is placed upon something when it is out of alignment and it becomes a safety issue when things are out of alignment and there is added stress to other parts and equipment when one item is out of alignment and there is premature failure and the life of a piece of equipment is shortened when things are allowed to remain out of alignment and there is the leakage of vital fluids and lubricants that make it work efficiency uh, efficiently when something is out of alignment and there is the compromise of so many other issues that can't even be enumerated tonight when something is out of alignment there's an increased amount of vibration and noise that goes on when something is out of alignment it is a costly measure of fuel consumption. And when things 
or out of alignment, there is an uneven pressure that is applied on the whole piece of equipment. Now that, that let me know something that a, a dumb guy like I could understand is that you better make sure that you keep it in good working order because it's costly to not do that. It's costly to allow anything to get out of alignment because it consumes energy. It puts greater strain on you. Maybe if some of us would take a moment tonight and do a little inspection in our own hearts, we might discover the source of some of the friction in our life is not because we have somebody that just irritates us, but because there's something that's not in alignment in our our own being, in our own spirituality. Many times I've discovered that the problem is not somebody else. Most of the time, the problem is with me. There are times when it is somebody else that's the problem, but more often than not, I am my own problem. I am my own worst enemy. And I allow things to go on in my life, and I learn to compensate for them. My dad had a a machine shop, a front-end shop when we were kids, and so I grew up watching him align vehicles and and help put them back in proper working order. And there were a lot of thankful people because my dad had a a, a unique eye for that. He had a, a, a deft hand at aligning the vehicle so that it would run efficiently and properly. And alignment is in several different dimensions. Just thinking in relationship to a tire, there is a horizontal alignment that has to be uh, made. They, they call it the camber and caster. If you've ever heard, they're not talking about caster oil. They're talking about the alignment of that tire horizontally and vertically. So when we're talking about alignment, even in the spiritual realm, we must always be conscious that that alignment has to be this way, first of all, and then this way, second of all, for me to operate at that, my best capacity, for me to be the best me I can be and you to be the best you you can be, I need to make sure that this alignment is right. And there's nothing out of sorts in that relationship. And then I must also make sure that there's nothing out of a line with this relationship. Because God, the word said, how can you love me and hate one of your brothers? How can you love me and harbor bad feelings toward somebody in my body that I died for just like I died for you? And so there's an important horizontal and vertical relationship that has to go on in our spiritual life for us to function at our very best. And I, I, I want to, I want our church to be at its best. And that's why Sometimes I preach the way I do, not so I can irritate you, but so I can provoke you. Because sometimes we get out of alignment. 
And uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out we may not be operating on all cylinders. I'm not griping about that. I'm just trying to bring that to our attention so we will look around and say, hey, maybe here's where the problem is. I need to start working on me and make sure that this is right. I, I want to make sure that I am doing his will and living in accordance with his will. And then I want to make sure that this relationship is right. Because it takes both of those together to make those tires run properly. Otherwise, they're out of sorts. If the right hand is doing something, the right tire doing something different than the left tire, you're going to have an interesting journey. Amen. Now, some of you are wondering, where in the world are you going? What does this have to do with the verse you read? Just hang on. I'm going to get to it in just a minute. Everybody say alignment. Alignment has to go in several dimensions, horizontally, vertically. It's got to have, it, it, it has to do with my relationship with God. It has to do with my relationship with others. It also has to do with my relationship with myself. Amen. Sometimes we don't need a devil to beat us up. We beat ourselves up. Amen. I've said we don't need a devil to be bad. We can be bad all by ourselves. But really, the other part of that is we don't need a devil to cause us trouble. We cause ourselves an amount of trouble sometimes that's unnecessary. So we've got to make sure that there's this relationship that's right and this relationship that's right. And then we have to be at peace with ourselves and within ourselves. And that's important if we're going to function at our best, and we're going to uh, uh, live for God and be productive and and do the will of God. All of those things are necessary. Now, this is a strange anomaly in life, but many times when things are out of alignment, people do not deal with the issue. They treat the symptoms. They used to bring vehicles to my dad's shop, and they would say, "We, I, I need you to align my front end. And, and he, they meant we, I need you to align the, the wheels and get their pull. It's the, the vehicles pulling the one side or the other. It won't stay on the road. And dad would begin to inspect and found out that the tires were not the problem. They were a symptom of the problem. They had become affected by the problem, but the problem was a, a joint that had worn out or some other part of the vehicle that was needing to be repaired and replaced. And when he would tell them that, I can tell you there were many times people said, oh, I don't need you to do that. That costs too much. Just fix the alignment. And so we fix the alignment and we keep buying tires and we wonder why we are so frustrated because we keep dealing with the same problem. Maybe we need to take a closer examination and realize the tire's not the problem. There's something else that's not right, that's out of alignment, that's causing that to be out of alignment. And when I get that core in alignment, then everything else is going to work like it's supposed to. But the irony of life is we love treating symptoms, not problems. Amen. That's why we take a lot of headache medicine. We don't want to get to the real reason for the headache. We just want to make it go away. The real reason for the headache may be that we just need to 
We need to cool our jets. We need to de-stress. We need to quit being so high strung and all of that. I'm going to be a doctor for you tonight. We may need to just learn how to be at peace with life. Have you figured it out yet? There's nothing about life that's fair. There's nothing about life that always caters to my wants and wishes. I have to learn how to live life as it comes to me on a daily basis and live by principles that keep me above the problem, not involved in the problem. Or worse than that, as part of the problem. And so... It's important that we not just deal with symptoms in our life. And when when I, when I get to preaching like this, immediately people get defensive because they, they, they're afraid that they're getting ready to go through an x-ray examination. And they don't want some of that stuff to be revealed. But it has to be if we're going to be put in the place where we are the most effective. Now, let me get to my scripture text. This is the closing part of the book of Hebrews. And the writer, whether it was Paul or someone else, closes this book with a prayer. He said, amen. We always close our prayers with amen. So he's praying something over this church. He's praying something for these believers. And the prayer is that the God of peace will Make you perfect. That same phrase we used just a few weeks ago in talking about how God heals uh, the, the spiritual problems in our life. But that word, that phrase also has a broader meaning than that. And in this particular text, it is speaking more on the lines of alignment than on just healing something that's wrong. It is talking about putting things back in their proper order and place in life so that I can do the will of God and that I can be pleasing to him in every way possible. And so he he prays this prayer that the God of peace would be able to work in their life to help bring them into this spiritual alignment where they were they they were made fully ready for whatever was before them they were made fully prepared to fulfill the will of God and to please God in every way and he means to put in order the things that need to be put in order and to put into proper alignment why because a soul that is out of alignment is just as dangerous as a vehicle that's out of alignment. And everything that applied to a vehicle being out of alignment, the resistance, the friction, the excessive wear, the costliness, the consumption of energy, the strain, the safety issues, the premature failure, the leakage of fluids, all of those things apply to the soul and to the spirit of a man. That when my life gets out of alignment, then all of these things begin to happen to me spiritually. I become more irritable. I become easily, more easily offended. 
I, I, I become more touchy. People have to tiptoe around me. I'm like they're walking on eggshells because, you know, anything could, when, when I get in that state, the problem is not around me. The problem is in me. Amen. My prayer the last few weeks for myself, I'm just talking about me, has been for God to help get me in alignment so that I am more effective. Now, you don't have to do anything really to get out of alignment. Some people think they have to do some great horrible sin, but just life can do that to you. Just the normal driving, wearing and tearing, and all of the things that tires encounter can cause them to lose their alignment. If you don't properly keep them inflated. There's so many factors that go into causing those things to malfunction and, and chug holes or, or pot holes that you run into. All of these things that you encounter has a way of jarring that vehicle and knocking it out of alignment. And life is just like that. All of us have been through things this year. Some of us that have been shaken to our core. Some of you have been through some things in the last two years of your life that if somebody had told you this five years ago, you would have told them they were absolutely out of their mind. But you've been through it. We go through things and it shakes us. And I think it's so important, especially as we come to the close of a year, God I don't want to begin the new year. I know it's 30-something days away. I, I don't want to begin the new year scrambling around trying to figure, okay, God, what do I need to do? What, how can I get in, how, how can I get in a better place spiritually? I want to take the time now. I want God to work on me now because when the new year tolls and that fresh new year presents itself, I want to be at the optimum level. I want to be at the place where I can be the most productive and the most proficient in helping God accomplish His purpose in this world. Amen. My question tonight is, if you've been experiencing some unusual vibrations in your life, maybe you need to get an alignment. If there's a lot of extra friction going on in your life right now, maybe you need to Work on that alignment. If there's a lot of frustration in your life right now, maybe it's time for you to get into a secret place and talk talk to God and ask Him to do what He does. God, I need you to work on me. You see, He reveals to us that this is one of the great works of God in our life is to help keep us in alignment, to help make sure that we are working at our best. This is the wonderful thing about God. God tells us what His will is, and then He helps us and gives us the strength to fulfill that will. How? What kind of better deal is that. He doesn't just throw it out there and say, okay, good luck. 
I hope you can cut the mustard. But God puts the will out there and said, all right, here I am. I'm going to help you. Let me get that. Let, let me get that part of your life in better, uh, better order. Let me help order those things in your mind. Let me help you deal with some of this clutter and deal with some of these distractions. You need to let that go. You need to forget about that. You need to stop worrying about that. You need to stop fretting over those things. Come on. This is what you need to focus on. And God does that. And that was the prayer that Paul or whoever wrote this. I believe it was Paul, but if it wasn't, whoever it was, was praying for the early church that the God of peace would help get them in alignment so that their future could be better than their past, so that their future would be ripe with promise of God's power and God's glory and God's mightiness and that what he had done already was just a token of what he yet wanted to do. But in order for God to do that exceeding abundantly above, there needs to be something that happens in us on a regular basis that we come in to his presence and we allow him to work on us and adjust things in us. And I have to, I'm going to have that daily right now. I've got to have that almost hourly right now. I need God to keep my mind. I need him to keep my spirit. I need him to keep my attitude so that I do not allow myself to slip into this everything pulling to the right or pulling, but I just keep going on like everything's okay. Amen. I want to I want to be more effective in living for God and I want our church to be more effective in living for God. And so all of these pressures that we feel sometimes are not just the devil working against us. It's the fact that our own life is not in an order where God can really bless us the way he wants to bless us. And all God's wanting to do is for you and I to allow him to put his hand in our life and start working here and working there and touching this and moving that and aligning this until we are doing the will of God. Amen. Is anybody interested in doing the will of God? Do you want to be effective? I'm, I'm just talking to myself. I'm not real happy with myself right now because I know I can do more. I know I could, I should do more. I know that there's more in me, but sometimes I get lazy and sometimes I get to riding that wave and think, well, you know, it's good. Everything's good. And something in the Holy Ghost said, oh, if you only knew what I knew, if you only saw what I saw, the fields are wide already to harvest. You don't have to pray for a harvest. It's all around you. You just need to wake up for what is already there. Amen. But we have to be in the right spiritual alignment. And so he prays that God, the God of peace would make you perfect. That would put you in alignment in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight. Amen. Everybody say, Lord, Align me so that I am most effective in serving you. One of the great 
ministries of God to our life is to help put us into alignment and keep us in alignment or bring us into alignment when we get out of that. And it happens daily. It happens without doing anything really wrong. Things just kind of creep in and they slip in and time is consumed here and there and I don't really have time to focus on what I need to. And so I just run in and I run out and I'm here and then I'm gone. I've got too many other distractions. I've been praying, God, help me. You've got to get my mind. You've got to help me get a rein on my mind and get me focused on what really matters. Because we can do a thousand things that are not really that important. And we can feel like we have spent our energy. But have I spent it in the way that it would be the most productive? Am I being the best me that I can be for God? That's the question we all need to ask ourselves right now. Am I being the best me that God could deserve to have? Amen. If not, then God, where is it? Help me get myself in that spiritual place. Help me to draw, to be sensitive to your voice, to listen to what you're saying and, and bring myself to that place where you can work on me and get my spirit and my heart and my mind in alignment and in agreement. I don't want there to be any conflict in my soul and in my spirit over what I need to be doing. In my spiritual life, alignment is going to take on many different shades and I can take you on a very quick journey through Scripture, but if you go back to Romans chapter 12, a a very, very familiar portion of Scripture that we quote often, but it states very clearly what one of the things that God desires to get me in alignment in. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable And perfect will of God that you can demonstrate. Everybody say demonstrate. God wants you in demonstration mode. Amen. He wants you in demonstration mode. Proving what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And all of that begins by my willingness to surrender myself completely to Him. And so the question that I've been asking myself is, am I really living a surrendered life? Am I really living completely, totally surrendered to Him? Ephesians chapter 6 Paul goes on to say again something concerning the will of God. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 6, he said, Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, 
doing the will of God. I've had to stop myself of late and ask myself why I am doing some of the things that I am doing. Am I doing it so people will applaud me? Am I doing it so my ego can be bolstered? Am I doing it so I can pat myself on the back and say, good boy, you're doing a great job, Hughes? Or am I doing it because I want to be a servant of Jesus Christ? We love being served, but sometimes we don't know how to be a server. I don't ever want to forget that. I don't care if I'm the Pope. If I ever get that lofty and and, and I'm elevated to the Pope, I'm still going to wait on tables. Some of you look at me like, well, Brother Hughes, that's below you. No, it's not below me. That's above me. That's what I'm striving for. I want to be a servant of Jesus Christ. And far too many people that come into the church, they're looking for what the church can do for them. And they have nothing in mind of what they can do for God. And I am more interested in being his servant than somebody applauding me and saying, great job, man, you're awesome. I don't... I appreciate that, but that's not what I'm after. What I want God to know is there's nothing that I'm not willing to do. If it's cleaning out a commode or a bathroom or cleaning out a closet, that's not beyond my dignity because I want my heart to be a heart of serving. Amen. Because that's what he was. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. He laid aside his royalty. He laid aside all that heaven enshrouded him with. And he came to dwell among man and be like me so he could show me how to really live the best life. Amen. And he went about doing good. He went about helping people that couldn't help themselves. He went about reaching out to people that nobody else wanted to reach out to. And all the time he's doing that, the religious were still doing what they always did. They were courting only the most favorable. They wanted those that were the higher up. They, they, they didn't like the riffraff that life, that, that the flow of life brought. But Jesus, he wasn't afraid to be identified with publicans and sinners. He wasn't even afraid to sit down in the house of a man and have his feet washed by a woman who was at one time a harlot. But he had forgiven her and he had redeemed her and put her in a better place. I'm just here to tell you tonight that if you are not willing to serve, then I doubt very seriously if God's ever going to be able to bless you the way he wants to bless you. Because service is where God's greatest blessings are found. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 4. I want to go a little further. First Thessalonians chapter 4. And verse number 3. First Thessalonians 4 and 3. He said, For this is the will of God, even your Sanctification, making you holy. 
are being made holy, separate, identifiable as his possession. Amen. That needs to be something that I'm conscious of. And there's some of us that have allowed ourselves to be more influenced by what the world thinks about us and what they're going to say about us than we are about what he says about us and what he thinks about us. You know what? I've already come to grips with the fact that the world as a whole will never understand my devotion. I'm not devoted to him so they will understand me. I'm devoted to him because I want him to understand me. And I want him to be pleased with me. And I don't mean by any of that that you should be offensive. I don't mean that at all. I think you should adorn the gospel in the best way possible. Amen. Amen. I love that word adorn. Amen. I don't think that they had curlers in their hair. Our flip-flops on, our t-shirts. You know what's amazing to me? That if a preacher, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it tonight. If a preacher were invited to the White House, he's gonna go buy his finest suit. He's gonna get the best pair of shoes he can find. He's gonna get the whitest shirt and the prettiest tie. Just so he can be in the presence of the, President of the United States. But that same man will step into a pulpit with tennis shoes on and with blue jeans on, with holes in it and t-shirt and want to declare the gospel which is forever settled. I'm here to tell you this right here is more present, more important than any president in the United States. And when I come into his house, I want to come in the best manner that I can. I'm not saying that you have to dress to the teeth every time. I'm just saying that when you come into the house of God, there ought to be a desire to Come in there pleasing him. I want him to say, I'm proud to be called their God. I'm not ashamed to be called their God. I'm wondering sometimes if God's not looked down and and had to bow his head because of some of the stuff. I mean, it'd be hard for somebody to keep their mind on the word when the guy's up there. And if he were to move the wrong way, his pants would rip and his t-shirt would rip because it's too tight. I'm just going to be blunt with you tonight. We are trying to take our cues from what the world thinks is cute. I don't care what the world thinks is cute. What I want to know is what pleases him. And what pleases him is what I want to do in my life and what I want to see reflected in what I do and how I live my life. Enough said. Let's go on. First Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse 18, again, the will of God. In everything, give thanks. Everybody say, in everything. Ah, do I need to explain everything? Do I need to explain in? In everything, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. This is just my take on that. 
I believe the reason that verse is so important in my life is because when I can give thanks in everything, I am keeping my focus not on my problem or not on what is not right in my life, but I am keeping my eyes on what matters, and that is the Lord who is my master and my savior. And so in everything, good or bad, painful or not, I can lift my voice and say, God, you're in control of my life, not my pain. You're in control of my life, not the chaos around me. You're still the ruler of my life, not all of this Discord that's in life. In everything, give thanks. And by doing so, you keep him on the throne of your heart and life. And I believe that is so critical. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. For you have need of patience. Everybody say patience. Now that word doesn't mean just exactly what some of you might Interpret it to mean, it means more on the line of persistence. Just keep on keeping on. Not just putting up with stuff, but keeping on, keeping on. No matter what happens, no matter what transpires, no matter whether the day's good or bad, whether it was encouraging or discouraging, you have need of persistence. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Did you get that? My promise is connected to me doing the will of God. Which is connected to me just keeping on. Keeping on. You can't untie them. You can't unravel them. You can't realign them. That is God's proper alignment. When I do that, then God's promises are going to come to pass in my life. But I have to learn, first of all, how to just keep on going. To take a licking and keep on ticking. Amen. I can absorb the blow, but I'm going to bounce right back up. And when I do that, the Bible says that as I do that, I am going to receive the promise. It's tied to my ability to get back up. I wonder how many promises have been forfeited because people just quit too soon. Amen. I wonder how many promises have been left unclaimed and unpossessed because people got tired of living by faith. Be not weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not, if you don't give up, if you don't quit, if you don't turn back. Sometimes the greatest victory in your life is just showing up. Ha <laughs> ha! Hallelujah. You don't have to knock any giants down. Just show back up. And you make the devil a liar. And you make all of his demons a liar. Because they took bets on you already, if you'll excuse that 
that, that kind of terminology, but they've already been having their little wagers on whether you're going to get back up or not. But a just man falls seven times, but he rises back up. And the victory is sometimes in just getting back up. It's in nothing more than coming into the house of God and standing in his presence and being seen by the Lord himself. But more than that, being seen by your enemy. It's going to take more than that to take me out of here. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the will of God. I'm going to close. First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. And verse number 13. First Peter chapter 2. Verse number 13. He said, submit yourselves to every ordinance. Every regulation of man, not for man's sake, but for the Lord's sake. Or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God. You know what I've had to pray lately? That I can still remain submitted to the authority that is over me. Not just in government, but in spiritual matters. And we're, we're having a problem with that in our culture right now. We don't want to be submitted to anything. And if we don't like them, We don't have to submit to them. That's why all of this rage in the National Football League of these guys that refuse to honor the flag and they take a knee. That's a disgrace. I don't care who you are or where you're from. That's a disgrace to not stand in honor what has given you the liberty to even do what you're doing and has made such a wealthy man or a woman out of him. There ought to be somebody that stands up and say, you know what? I don't say everything they've done is right, but I honor what that flag represents. Amen. But it's more than just a flag. There's people in in my own life that I get crossed up sometimes. And if I'm not careful, I get to looking at us as being on even footing. And the truth is we're not on even footing. We may be both men, but that other person has a realm of authority that I don't have. And I need to learn how to submit myself to them. Even when I don't like it. Amen. I'm talking about getting in spiritual alignment. That's what the word of the Lord will do for you. It will help you be able to humble yourself. It will help you get in the place where you will submit whoever is leading. You can learn how to follow. Amen. I'm closing. First Peter chapter 4. I think I might have already said that, but I'm going to say it again. And I mean it this time. You better stand, so I will close. First Peter chapter 4 and verse number 2. He said <clears throat> that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. 
I've had to ask myself lately, what's the motivation behind what I'm doing? That attitude that I copped or that rebuttal that I made, was that just my carnality showing a little bit too much of itself? Was that really in alignment with God's will? Is that what God would be pleased with in my life? What's influencing the decisions in my life right now? Whether I come to church or I don't come to church, or whether I get involved or I don't get involved. What's, what's leading that? What's, what's the driving force behind those things? Is it, is it the spiritual man wanting to draw closer to God or is, my life being influenced more by my flesh. That's why I find it hard to do some things. That's why there's friction in my life. That's why there's this heaviness and drag and I, I, I just, it just seems so hard to live for God. The truth is, if I would just let the Holy Ghost work on me a little bit, He could help put those parts back in proper alignment so that they they work properly, and I, I don't, I don't feel like it's a drag, and I don't feel like I'm backslid or that I'm carnal. That I'm actually living according to the Spirit. Amen. I believe tonight that one of the greatest desires that God has for my life spiritually is that that I be the most effective person that. I could be, that I am operating on every cylinder, that everything in my life is working in harmony. There's not one part of my life that's in conflict with another, but it's all working together. I believe that's God's desire for me. I believe it's his desire for you, all of us, is that we be the most productive, that we be the most effective, that when we go out into the world, there is an impact. People know something. They feel something. They sense something. One of the greatest compliments that was given to one of our families recently that's going through a great medical struggle. The staff made comment to them. We just want you to know that we recognize that you folks are real and they emphasize real. You are real Christians. And they said, we can see it in everything you do. When they weren't even conscious that there was an influence, when they were not even aware that there was any kind of uh, a recognition on the part of those around them. There were people watching. I want that to be so of my life. I, when I walk, I want people, I do want them to realize, man, I feel something. I sense something. What is there about you? What is there about your life? Everything around you is chaotic. Everything makes, I, I mean, it, you ought to be pulling your hair out. And yet, you just keep going. You just, you, 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 
What is it? I believe that's God's will for all of us. I believe God wants to use every one of us in this building to be a light to shine in a dark world. But that light is greatly affected when there is a a misalignment in my spiritual life. When there's part of me that's not working in harmony with all of me. And so I pray, God, help me. Help me to get in alignment with your will. And I mean this. I, I, I'm not just, I'm not preaching to you tonight. I'm preaching to myself tonight. I want my spirit, my attitude, I want my life to be in alignment with Him. And if it's not, God, I want you to help me. And I want you to keep working on me until I dig that out and get rid of it. I don't want anything. I don't want one root of bitterness. I don't want to cut down the the tree but leave the root because it will grow again. I want to dig it all out. And I've been do I've been trying to do that lately. God, I need I want every remnant of that gone from my life. I don't I want to be able to look that person in the eye and smile and love them genuinely and hug them and be able to pray God's blessings on them. No matter what they do to me or what they say about me. Anybody here tonight interested in getting in that, that kind of alignment with Him? You want to be more effective in living for God? You want to reach a soul? You know what? I don't want to stand before God and there not be anybody there because I didn't, I didn't utilize what God had given me to help reach somebody. The prayer that I have prayed the most earnestly lately is, God, lead me to a soul. Lead me to somebody. Doesn't have to be anybody, just a nobody, but lead me to somebody that I can be a light to. Somebody that I can speak to. Somebody that I can pray for. Somebody that I can encourage. Because I don't want to stand before your throne in that final judgment. And there not be anybody else to stand with me. Because I didn't utilize what you had given me. Would you pray with me right now? Lord, help us tonight. God, in the next few weeks, this year, we come toward the end of another year. If you tarry, you're coming. There's a future that's looming before us that I believe is full of promise. It's full of great blessing. Lord, but they are not guaranteed if we are not where we need to be. They are tied to what we are willing to do. They're tied to what we are willing to be. And I want to be completely, totally surrendered to you. I want my life to be honest and open before you. I want my spirit to be right. I want to be able to love everybody. I do, Lord. I want to be able to love everybody. I don't want to harbor resentment or anger or hurt or any feelings towards somebody else. I want my heart to be clean, Lord. I want my attitude to be right because I want to be effective. I want to be able to do your will, Lord. I want to be able to live your will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Lord, work on me. Talk to me. Show me. Shine the light on me. Search my heart, O God, and know my thoughts. Try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. God, help me. Nothing worth losing out. Nothing worth going to hell over. Nothing, Lord, worth bitterness. Nothing. Lord, I've spent too much time consumed by those thoughts and feelings already. Well, I could have been effective tool in your hand. Work on me, God. Help me get my spirit and my heart and my mind in alignment. And this church, Lord, that we get into alignment with your will so that we're operating at our full capacity, that we're reaching our full potential. God, don't let, don't let us go away from here without feeling that tug on our heart to draw close to you and to be more like you. Hallelujah. Let us find a need and fill it. Let us find a hurt and heal it. Lord, let us go for that one that no one wants. That one that no one's concerned about. Give us a heart for people that are on the roadside of life. People who are not as blessed or as privileged as we. But they need you just as desperately. Help us to have eyes that can see what your spirit can do in transforming them and making them. Taking a pebble, a Cephas, and making a Simon Peter, a stone, transforming their lives from the impotent, powerless place that they're at to a place of beauty. In the name of Jesus, I pray tonight that your will be done in all of us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If it's your desire tonight for God to start working that alignment in your life, I want you just to lift your hand right now and say, God, I want you to work on me. Amen. Eyes closed and nobody looking around. We don't need to know what the other person's doing right now, but I need you to work on me. I need you. There's some things in me that are still not what they need to be, God. Help help me so that we can be the most effective in living for you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. A needful, needful prayer. God, help me. Get me into alignment. I want to be the best me I can be for you. Amen. I want to give him what he paid for at Calvary. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know what? That's what I want to do. I want to give him what he paid for at Calvary. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being here. Be especially in prayer for Brother James the next few days as he makes his journey overseas. That God will use him in a mighty, mighty way.
in that country that needs the gospel. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.